time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. This is our first Tuesday edition in our new format, Tuesdays and Fridays, mostly with uh, me just rambling away here like I have been doing the past month or so on Wednesdays. We're bumping it to Tuesdays, just so it's a little more spread out during the week. So Tuesdays uh, and Fridays as of right now with the Get Home Safe podcast. The format's always changing, but for now, I think that is the best option for sure. Uh, I do want to wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. We're a couple days away, but um, you know, it, it's kind of like Thanksgiving is one of those weeks that's just, I don't know, I don't know how to say it. You just kind of, it, it's, it's one day I know, but it's like the whole week really. Um, Thanksgiving Eve, Wednesday night is always kind of a great night to, uh, to go out. Uh, people are in town usually people you haven't seen in a while and, uh, always a good night to, to go out and, you know, you're having a big dinner the next day or lunch or whenever you, you have your Thanksgiving meal. So, uh, people like to, you know, Hey, let's go out to dinner or go out for drinks or whatever. And, and, uh, it's always a good, good night out, uh, seeing people kind of let loose. Maybe some people are not looking forward to seeing certain relatives the next day. So they're trying to, uh, you know, decompress or de-stress, whatever. Uh, but that, you know, it's just, it's just a great week. And then Friday, I don't know why employers, uh, have people go back to work for one day. The good ones, uh, Val, actually, my girlfriend has a, has a boss who, uh, they don't work for the Friday after Thanksgiving. I think that's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah. So some people get a four day weekend, which is, really unheard of. When, when else do you get that? You know, Memorial Day, you get the three-day weekend or Labor Day, but Thanksgiving, if you play your cards right, you uh, get that four-day weekend. So man, uh, but but the, the beauty of Thanksgiving weekend too is it's kind of the official start of Christmas, uh, Black Friday. I've never been that guy, but uh, that's busy busy for, uh, for people who work in stores and people who uh, deliver and, and pick up uh, products as well. So I can relate to that. We're going to have a busy week at FedEx, I'm sure. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, football, football everywhere, football, uh, football Thanksgiving Day, uh, three NFL games now. There's like a big slate of college football on Friday because uh, there's a lot of people, again, off of work and out of school and everything. And so it's like a free Saturday that Friday. And then, of course, uh, the rest of the college football Saturday and Sunday uh, with the NFL. So uh, just a great week, a great weekend. And it's it starts it started already, right? Uh, it started this Sunday. And I'm, I'm actually recording this episode on a Sunday. I usually record the day before, but I looked at my week and kind of how busy it was going to be. And I said, why not record Sunday? I actually have the place to myself for right now. Val was out of town. So uh, it was just kind of me by myself with my thoughts for a while this weekend, which was fine. It was great. Um, enjoyed myself, made some food, um, watched a, a great fight on Saturday night that I'll talk to you guys about here soon. Um, what else did I do? And then, uh, Sunday, of course, watching some football and doing some other things around the house. But, uh, today's show, I'm going to hit you guys with a bunch of randomness. And I mean, I, I really do mean that I'm going to talk about the USC UCLA, uh, basketball game. Oh, wait, it was a football game. Apparently I thought by the score, it was a basketball game, but anyway, uh, talk about the football game. I'm going to talk briefly about the NFL. 
Uh, but I have some ran total randomness for you guys. Uh, some things that happened to me, some thoughts that I, you know, just come through my mind, cross my mind all the time. Uh, I don't know. This is my place to vent to you guys and just kind of let things out and in a kind of a, a quick show here, less than an hour for sure. Um, what else? I, I do have some comments on the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict. I will, uh, again, I try not to drive people away with my opinions, but that's kind of the whole point of a podcast too, is to, you know, have some opinions and not be afraid of your opinions. So uh, there's a difference between opinions and facts. I, I, th I think some people struggle with that, but um, I try to speak as much truth as I can. And then I also offer my opinions on things. Um, and again, if they're not for you, it's, it's fine. You can turn the thing off. You can say, Matt, you're wrong. I'm, I was, look at, I was told I was wrong for most of my life being a referee Every time I stepped on a field or a basketball court or whatever, I was always umpiring people screaming at me. Oh, you know, so I'm used to being told I'm wrong. It doesn't really bother me. It doesn't hurt my feelings. I mean, there's too much, there's too many hurt feelings in America these days. I mean, we are just so soft. That's another subject. But anyway, I'm drinking out of my new coffee cup here because Sunday morning, which is today, I came downstairs, you know, I was like, okay, let's, let's get this day going. Let's get a few cups of coffee. And, uh, I saw actually the night before black rifle who I, who I'm a subscriber of, they send me, you know, coffee that I select every, every month. They sent a nice little Christmas gift. I guess it's a, a black rifle co coffee company mug with, uh, what does it say here? Oh yeah. Black, black rifle on both sides. Nice mug. Just a, you know, just a little gesture. I have plenty of coffee mugs. But I was like, man, that's that's pretty cool that they take care of their customers like that. It's little gestures, really, that make a difference, I think. So thank you, Black Rifle Coffee. I was excited to use my new coffee mug. I come downstairs. I walk in the kitchen. I, the coffee smells really good. I'm like, man, what did I do different? It smells, it smells like it's all over the place. I come downstairs, and I look on the counter, and it is all over the place. It's all over the counter. It's dripping everywhere. This is the start of my Sunday morning. And I'm just staring at it because I was take great pride in programming the coffee the night before so that I don't have to sit there and wait nine, 10 minutes while it's making. I like walking downstairs right to the pot, having it ready. And uh, it was spilled everywhere. I go, what did I do wrong? What, how did I mess this up? And I, so I, I expect inspected the coffee, uh, the coffee uh, pot and you know, there was a crack in it. I go, man, it's leaked everywhere. So I looked at my black and Decker, coffee maker and i was like uh you know what we've had a good run um i'm sorry but gotta throw you in the trash so I threw it in the trash and uh was just mad i was craving coffee like i do every morning and i go what a start are you kidding me so i had cleaned up the big mess i said i could go buy some coffee but that doesn't uh that doesn't solve the problem for the week i said no i'm going i'm buying a new coffee maker i don't care what it costs so i went uh went up to the store and uh, invested in a, in a rather nice one, a Mr. Coffee. And um, I went with the uh, stainless steel pot so that it's not likely to crack like the glass pot and uh, came back, set that up, made my fresh uh, batch here. And even though it's the afternoon now on Sunday, coffee uh, never tastes uh, bad. So, ah, black rifle good stuff so i yeah i dove in i said i gotta have coffee i don't care um what i gotta do so i invested spent a little more money than i have on previous coffee pots and uh rather proud of it thus far so 
it fits nice in the corner. You don't have to move it around. So anyway, it's the little victories. It's the little victories, guys, that uh, after a, a tough early morning coming down and seeing that, I was like, oh, not now, not now. So I'm doing this podcast now and uh, clean up around here um, before Val gets home uh, so that she has a nice little home to come to home to because uh, she's stuck with me. Anyway, some great football games on Sunday. A uh, big fight on Saturday night between Sean Porter and Terrence Crawford, uh, a fight for the uh, the WBO welterweight championship. Terrence Crawford came in at uh, 37 and 0. Uh, Porter came in with as a guy who had really fought a lot of people, not, never really backed down to anybody. He's fought, uh, you know, Errol Spence. He's fought um, Keith Thurman, guys like that. Guys who were pretty good uh, welterweight um, welterweight fighters. But anyway. Uh, Crawford really the knock on him is he hadn't really beat anybody everyone says he's the pound for pound best guy and so this was a really good fight and Porter came out as soon as the bell rang super aggressive super definitely won some early rounds uh, uh that was Porter who came out and Crawford kind of was just kind of calculating everything uh it was a really good fight and these what was cool about it is these two guys are really good friends and so the reason I'm talking to you guys about uh this this boxing match I know not everyone's a, a boxing fan but but for me I love the, the, the behind the storylines of, of fighting, you know, this, these guys are really good friends and going in the ring and, you know, taking it to each other. And, and it's interesting to me. I mean, think about like when you fight with your brother or, you know, your teammates and stuff, those things, those things naturally happen, especially, um, especially young men. I don't know much about the ladies side. They, they, women seem to like hold grudges when they're mad at, at the, at one of their friends or something, but men just kind of, you know, call each other names, duke it out, and uh, hey, hey, let's go have a uh, let's go have a diet coke or whatever afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but it was interesting that whole dynamic of of friends fighting. You could see there was a lot of sportsmanship, and there was some trash talking, but like I don't know, friendly trash talking. It was it was a really good, interesting, intriguing fight, and uh, I thought Porter really had a shot to take down uh, Terrence Crawford, but it was. In the 10th round where Terrence Crawford uh, caught Porter with an uppercut as Porter was being super aggressive and took him to the canvas. Uh, he got up. He seemed okay. But then um, Crawford got him again. Same round, another knockdown. And this time Porter went down and he, he started like punching the, the ground, punching the canvas out of frustration. And I think it was in that moment he knew that he lost the fight. Getting knocked down twice in a round is tough to come back from. And he got up, he was kind of wobbling around uh, his, his corner jumped, jumped up right away and called it. And they said, no. So that was interesting too. I think he, he might've been able to continue, at least it seemed that way, but his trainer, who's also his dad um, called it. And after the fight, do you guys want to look this up? Um, check out the, the, the speech that Sean uh, Porter's dad gave, who is his trainer asking him, you know, why he threw, why he called the fight. Why did he stop it? You know, usually you get a pretty supportive dad, I think in, in moments of, uh, of athletics, but it was so odd with Sean Porter standing right next to him. His dad kind of knocked, like knocked him down a peg or two. Like, why'd you call it? He's like, well, I, you know, I saw he didn't train hard enough for this fight. This started, you know, weeks ago and he really kind of took it to his son and his son just stood there and, and took it. I mean, it, it's interesting, the whole concept of, of being a coach and a dad, you know, so many times that's a hard line to, to walk, I think for, for guys. 
there's favoritism and it's just, it's hard to be one or the, it's hard to be both. It's hard to be one or the other sometimes when you are, when you wear both of those hats. So check, check that out. If you guys can, that the post fight interview, Sean Porter's dad it, in the ring still after Porter, you know, got cleaned up and he was, uh, they were going to exit the ring and man, he, his dad, the speed, he, he just, I couldn't believe that it wasn't really supportive at all. It was kind of putting him down. Like, yeah, he didn't train hard enough for this fight. And it was like right to him. I'm like, Oh my man. So uh, check that out. But uh, Terrence Crawford improves at 38. No, Sean Porter goes to 31, four and one. And there was some reports after the fight that uh, Sean Porter's probably done uh, fighting. And uh, I, I applaud him and a great career he has had. He has a, a really big future ahead of him as a broadcaster. He's, he's been a PBC broadcaster here on, on the Fox fights for quite some time. And he, he's excellent in that. And he's going he's gonna to be very, um, very successful at his second career as being a boxing analyst um, on uh, Fox or wherever he ends up uh, being. But Sean Porter, a great career. And you know what? A great fight for, for I would say, nine rounds. I mean, it was man it was back and forth if you want to re-watch the fight you could probably find it somewhere it was a lot of action and uh sean porter did not back back down he falls to 31 4 and 1 but again a great career and uh, nothing to be uh, nothing to hang your head about um in, in fighting the uh, the uh the great the great uh terrence crawford who some people are still skeptical of my good friend uh fred monoblanco my my proclaimed not self-proclaimed i proclaimed him the uh, the boxing expert even has a, a championship belt to prove it. Um, you know, he's not sold on Terrence Crawford and, and I respect, respect Fred's opinion big time. Um, the big fight everyone wants to see, I certainly want to see is, is Errol Spence against Terrence Crawford. It's been talked about for years and, and I've argued so much, so many times before that boxing gets in its own way by not making these fights sooner. I mean, maybe they're trying to build it up or whatever, but uh, two guys who are undefeated. Um, I think Errol Spence is incredibly talented, very skilled. And I can't wait to see that fight. It's the only fight that absolutely needs to be made now in boxing outside of, you know, maybe, maybe the heavyweight division. Um, but I can't wait to see that when it finally comes uh, true. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Uh, maybe we'll see it this summer. Uh, fingers crossed, but uh, great fight on Saturday. I really enjoyed it. The whole, the whole idea of fighting a friend. I mean, it, it it's got to be tough getting in there in such a physical sport. And we're not talking about playing basketball against one of your buddies, but physically fighting someone who you love and respect. Woo. I can't think of anything similar to that in sports uh, to physically fight. A friend has got to be uh, very difficult, but it, uh, you know what? There was nothing but respect for those two guys. And uh, when they got in the ring that you, you couldn't, you could kind of tell they were friends, but, uh, they went at each other pretty hard and a great fight on Saturday. You guys know, I love my, my boxing, especially. So can't wait for, for more stuff uh, moving forward. Um, hard knocks. I, I saw this the other night, hard knocks in is doing a, a first time. Uh, they are doing a, an in season hard knocks. They picked up with the Indianapolis Colts here a week ago or whatever. And so they're doing the same thing they do with hard knocks normally in the, in the preseason in like August the training camp, but they're doing it in season. And they picked up with the Colts being like whatever, four and five or four and four or something. They kind of summarized their first few games and then talk to show the players, the coaches uh, behind the scenes. It's really fantastic. And uh, I've always been a big fan of, of Carson Wentz. Um, very, you know, re religious guy, just a classy dude. And to see him behind the scenes with his family and everything, his, his newborn, 
uh, baby coming along and his wife and stuff like that's really cool to see. Cause these guys, when they go home, they're just, they're just dads. They're just husbands. Um, you know, you, you almost forget when the camera's on them without their uniform on that. Oh yeah. They, they're just normal guys. <laughs> so, uh, to see the coaches, to see Frank, Wright Kind of uh, doing some praying behind the scenes. That was pretty cool to see. And if you guys haven't had an opportunity yet, I would argue that it's way better than the preseason version of hard knocks because there's actual games that matter. You're not talking about some, uh, you know, fourth string running back from, uh, uh, you know, Idaho or something or Louisiana tech that's trying to make the team. And I love those stories, trust me, but to see it in season is really, really cool. Um, they talk about, uh, some of their recent games, uh, and again, it just, it's way better than, than the preseason stuff because there are games that matter. You see the emotions. Uh, there was an episode where the, or not an episode, but a, a segment where uh, the players and their wives, uh, a bunch of them are doing like uh, gender reveals of their, their uh, upcoming uh, babies that are going to be born. And so uh, that stuff was really neat, neat to see. And just, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great idea. Can't wait for next week's episode already. It's on HBO max. If you guys, uh, if you guys have that, but I, I always was, was intrigued with Hard Knocks, the preseason version, but I love the in-season version, and I, I hope they continue to do that. All right, let's get to some uh, other, other sports topics while we're on that. Uh, the USC-UCLA game, 62-33. to 33. Oh, is this a basketball score? What's going on, uh, USC? Now, look, at, I know USC is uh, in a re- rebuild mode. I would say they're in not just rebuilding mode, but they are in a uh, not knock the, yeah, knock the whole foundation down and start over mode. This, w- the direction they're going, they could, they could set USC football back decades as far as, I, I don't know that, you know, they're, they're still a brand. And I told you guys, they got to make a huge splash with their next head coaching hire. But now you got LSU that has the head coach opening Florida, which has their head coach opening. These are two premier programs that are probably going to get a boatload of money thrown at them. And USC, uh, you know, their administration has clearly shown they are not committed to football anymore. And so uh, I give props to UCLA, Chip Kelly and the Bruins go in there and uh, just absolutely beat up the USC Trojans. You know, it looked like, it looked like the pandemic uh, season was still going with the empty Coliseum. I'm sure, uh, you know, if you're a season ticket holder or a booster at USC, you, you love seeing that, those, those empty Coliseum. You're thinking, why am I spending this, this money for this? I mean, it looked it looked awful. A Coliseum's big, but still, USC football games, six days a year, that place is usually full, no matter who they're playing. And you're playing UCLA, your crosstown rivals, and that place is empty? I don't blame the fans. I blame the product. And I know their interim head coach, Deontay Williams, and you know, he's, he's not going to stick around, but like to see where, how fall, how far USC has fallen. I mean, this has to be what it felt like when Troy fell, when the Greeks rolled that, that Trojan, that horse in there and USC thought they had, Oh yeah, we did. We won. We did it. They, they left. And then were massacred behind the walls by the Greeks who, uh, came out of the Trojan horse and led in the army and just massacred them all as, as uh, they slept and, you know, over partied or whatever. So this has to be what that felt like. I'm sad. This, 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 uh, the current state of USC football, just when you think it can't get worse, it does. So never say never. That's something I learned a while ago. Never say never. 
things can always get worse. I am a realist, not really an optimist, not a pessimist either. I'm a realist. There's a big difference. And uh, I like, you know, again, facts and truth and saying it how it is. And so <laughs> USC gives up you 62 points to UCLA. Are you out of your mind? There's a new rule in 2021. You're allowed to tackle. USC minded it changed their name from the, the Trojans to the, I don't know. Trojans is way too like intimidating of a team name. They need, uh, I don't know, the, the surrenderers or something. That sound, that would, that's a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Southern California surrenderers, maybe. What an embarrassment. Props to UCLA, now bowl eligible. And uh, UCLA fans, they can uh, hang a banner, I guess, in the Rose Bowl for this great achievement of destroying a four and five, now four and six uh, USC team. So congratulations to the Bruins. Uh, I know this will probably uh, be in their Hall of Fame somewhere alongside uh, their other great success on the football field. So, man, turn the game on. Actually, I I didn't watch it right away. Here's what I did, as I often do. I recorded the game, went to work, shut my phone off, uh, notifications anyway, got home, watched the fight, uh, was really pleased with that, and I said, all right, let's try this USC game. Because I, no matter how bad the teams are, what the records are, I always try to watch the USC-UCLA game. It's it's just, it's one of the most unique rivalries in all of sports, two colleges in the same city. I know us in Southern California here, okay, Westwood and South Central aren't exactly right by each other, but still, it's uh, it's all LA, you know what I mean? So, ooh, spilling coffee everywhere. It's been one of those mornings. And um, anyway, Dorian Thompson Robertson, Robinson, 349 yards through the air. And uh, I was really impressed with actually UCLA's running back, Char- Charbonnet. I think he's going to potentially play at the next level. Um, 100, how many yards? Oh, that's the season total. So I'm saying, wait a minute, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, no, Char- Charbonnet had 167 yards on 28 carries. I mean, that dude's getting the ball a lot. <laughs> so USC, um, you know, to me, they, they, I even posted this on Facebook, that to me, they, they look like the softest team in America. And, and that's 100%. It's my opinion, but I challenge anyone to show me a team that's more soft. Uh, the inability to run the football. Okay, this whole air raid thing. Okay, I know college football is way different now. You get the spread, you get the hurry up. Uh, you put the air raid to bed. It doesn't fit USC. I'm not saying run the wishbone. But the inability to run the football is just tailback you has now become tailback who? Like, there's no consistency in the running game. They throw the ball every other play. I know they, you know, what is this? Ingram rushed for almost 100 yards. But a lot of that is, I don't know, garbage time. I'm talking about the, the big picture here with USC on a fourth, you know, fourth down plays. They can't get a yard. And just, it's been, that, it's been that way, not just this season, but for a while. I think Jackson Dart, I don't know. Are you guys excited about him in, in the future? He's, he's had some ups. He's had some downs. I, I just don't know. There, there's got to be, 
more discipline in the USC football program. Uh, I, I wrote this, I said penalties and drops. I mean, just stupid stuff, stupid penalties, uh, drop passes. I think they went for, they got it to within nine. They were down, they got it to within nine and they went for two. What, what are you doing? Why go keep, keep it one score? Cause it just kick the extra point and be down eight. I don't understand some of these decisions that are made, not just by USC football, but other people smarter than me. Hey, let's go for two here. Wait, you're down, you're down eight. Keep it at seven. One area I do think is a great opportunity to go for two is when you are winning and you are up by, say, a point. You score a touchdown to go up seven. You could kick the extra point. You could keep it at eight, which makes the other team go for two. Or if you go for two for two there because you're kind of playing with house money, you're already up seven. I like going for two, going up nine, and being like two scores. Can't be like obviously late in the game, say the fourth quarter or something. Go for two, and basically you tell, you know, you can't catch to, to put the game even more out of reach to go for two and, and make them have to score twice. Uh, I, I like that. I like the odds there. So, but anyway, back to USC, I just penalties, drop passes, just stupid stuff. They're going for two down by nine. I'm like, what are you guys doing? And uh, you know, the game started nice, a couple of interceptions from USC and then uh, UCLA just turned it on. So, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, USC gets it to within nine, goes for two, and then well, they give up the, uh, the kickoff return immediately, 103 yards. Uh, Kazmir Allen had a, quite a day for UCLA too. So uh, Bruins are seven and four, one more game left. They can get to eight and eight and four, and then potentially a bowl game. So, um, you know, the Bruins started the year off really great. I think maybe a little too much hype, but I put together a decent season. The Pac-12 is just so inconsistent. That's why I, I really think that of the coaching hires, USC, Florida, LSU, if you get the right guy at USC, even, even an average guy, just a guy that can, I don't know, have the program have a decent identity again, the competition isn't nearly what it is in the SEC. And so I think USC football could get back quickly, but they, they also have a quite an uphill battle here where Again, this could set the program back a while. You at the, the brand of USC and LA and the tradition, all that stuff is like gone. And USC, the administration, you all let it happen. You just let it happen. It's, embar- it's embarrassment. And um, I think Chip Kelly's happy at UCLA, but I'll tell you this. Um, I would lock him up somehow, some way, UCLA, because with some of these other jobs opening, I bet you Chip Chip Kelly gets some phone calls and might just be interested with California, you know, being the way it is with taxes. And I don't know, it's beautiful weather and a lot of great recruits here in LA, but I don't know. Could you see a Chip Kelly down in Florida? I could. Could you see him at LSU? Absolutely. Some of the talent in the SEC, you could still come out here and recruit guys. I don't know. I don't know what, what uh, Chip likes, but uh Bruin, Bruin fans, better better lock him up. Um, um, you're not going to get to to play a four and five USC team every year, but congrats on getting a one step closer to evening up the all time series. I know it's uh, a tall task, but if anyone can do it, UCLA can with the current state of affairs in USC football. So, um, two programs kind of going in opposite directions right now 
And uh, the Crosstown Showdown used to be one of the games of the year. Awesome to see, no matter what the records were. A close game last night. Not a close game. It was for three quarters, but UCLA. UCLA put up uh, how many? How many eight claps is sixty-two? Almost, almost eight eight claps. Sixty-four. So sixty-eight times eight, sixty-four. Just shy of that. UCLA with uh, sixty-two points. But uh, USC, you continue to be an embarrassment. If you do not make a splash higher here, you're going to lose a lot more than football games. You're going to lose a lot of support. You're going to lose a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of recruits. You, you, you better make a splash here. And I mean, a big splash bust out the checkbook USC make that S a dollar sign. And let's go from there. All right. Pick it up, pick it up because, uh, the Greeks have infiltrated the walls of Troy. If you know what I mean? All right. Uh, some randomness now, some other random things. It's Sunday. I've watched some great football here. I'll comment on that in a minute, but uh, I heard this on, um, a podcast, uh, Joe Rogan, Snoop Dogg was on there. And I just, I, I chuckled at this. He said, he's talking about his life and it's not, it's not all, it's not about the money, man. He said something like that early on. It's about doing the things you love. Okay. I get that. I understand that. I love this podcast. I don't get paid for it. I love doing it. All right. But it's always the rich dudes who are like, oh man, it ain't about the money. That's not why I do what I do. Really? Really? Okay. I just, that, that phrase always baffles me. I'm like, come on now. I mean, don't, I, I get it. If it's a guy who's working, um, I don't know, nine to five and he's happy with making his, I don't know, 60, 70 grand. And I, to hear it come from a celebrity who's made millions of dollars to talk about, Oh, it's not about the money. It's like, yes, it is. <laughs> Everything's about the money clearly. And I don't knock anyone for making money. I would love to make millions of dollars. That would be fantastic. But it's always the guys, I think, who like have a lot of money and things that always want to talk to you about, oh, yeah, you know, pursuit, you know, do what you love. And it's always about the money. And, and they I guess I guess they got to pursue something that they did love and it made them a lot of money. But my point is, don't pretend that it's not about money. Money makes the world go around. Money doesn't buy happiness. I understand that. Um, but it can make you happy in moments anyway <laughs> it's not true happiness i know but still anyway i just found that funny uh now i'm gonna hit a uh, resume guy I, who are these people you're in the grocery store line and this guy just just pay hey how you doing hey how you doing pay for your groceries and move on with your life this guy and there's people behind him this guy has to start talking to the checker about how how he he was in that business for 20 oh, i did it for 30 years good for you man that's awesome. Like, what do you want? A, a discount or something? I'm not saying don't be friendly. I look it. It's fine. But this whole let's make friends when other people are behind you waiting. How about no? Maybe stick around. And when they get off work, then you make a friend. There's people waiting behind you to pay for their groceries. People have lives. This is not the time to have a friend, make a friend, have a friend date to talk about your resume just because you're, you're bored or something. Some, some people, their identities are just their job. And ah. I officiated a long time. I'm very proud of it. I, I reached some pretty high levels, um, fell short of uh, some goals, but I pursued it. I took my shot, but I don't, I don't walk around. I mean, there's, there's, a, I have coworkers who still, not many of them know, know that I did what I did. 
and there's some big sports fans and, a few, and it's come out it's naturally come up a few times but i don't walk around saying yeah i am hey i'm part of minor leagues yeah yeah I know, I've, you know if it comes up and I, like why i think some people are just looking for that like attaboy that like pat on the back and they and when they try to get it from strangers i just laugh so hard i worked for 30 years and then want to start this conversation like it doesn't slow down that much. And I know I'm overreacting like I often do, but let's be, let's be courteous. Huh? Just a little courteous. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I did your job for 30 years. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, and then it keeps going. I'm just like, oh, resume guy. Don't be resume guy. If those even still, well, you know, you used to walk around, go into job interviews, carrying around, carrying around your resume. Most people don't care about what you've done. Like even the people who've asked me about, you know, talk about fishing a little bit. A lot of them are like, oh, that's cool. And then we move on. Like they're not that interested and they shouldn't be. I was a referee, like, oh, cool. Umpire. Like some people find it interesting. And if they, and I'll talk about it if they want to, but people walk around with their resume and they're just like, look at me. Here's how great I did. I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud of th- put things on the wall. I love putting achievements on the walls, uh, you know, trophies and, um, it, that stuff motivates me, but I don't like put it out in front of my house or something to like, look at me guys, look at me. A lot of the things I post achievements or awards and things, I'll put them out because I like seeing them. It, it's a motivational tool for me to be like, Hey, you were good at this once, <laughs> you know, maybe you'll be good at something else also. And like, it, it's a, I'm very visual that way. So, but don't be, don't be resume guy. I, I'm saying figuratively, symbolically walking around, you know, just talking to everyone about your resume. Hey, guess, guess who I am. Guess what I did. But I guess social media has kind of created that as well. It's just funny when you see that out in public. Okay. I'm going to make an argument here on a pizza topping for you guys. I told you today is all over the place. Randomness. Got my coffee here. I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. I gotta get, I gotta get back to this chiefs, um, this chiefs Cowboys game, um, that I took a break from and, and started, uh, and started watching uh, my friend Fred is venting about his Cowboys. Well, you know, Cowboys are getting uh, scalped or uh, stabbed by spears. I, can we say that still? I don't know. I apologize. Not really. I don't apologize. Uh, anyway, I want to get to that game here quickly, but um, pizza topping. I want to make an argument. I know pepperoni is the consistent, the original, probably the first topping you think of on a pizza. I've, I've talked to you guys about linguisha before at uh, round table pizza. That is one of the only places you can find it. It's fantastic. It's like a, uh, breakfast sausage kind of think like kielbasa almost it's fantastic on round table pizza. Anyway, I'm going to make an argument here. I think salami on pizza is better than pepperoni. I, I just, if you ever have salami by itself, like just out of the bag, have a slice. Okay. Now do the same thing with pepperoni. It doesn't, pepperoni doesn't quite transfer. It can really only be had on a pizza, but I like uh, salami just by itself. But I think on pepperoni, oh, excuse me, on pizza, it is absolutely spectacular. Give it a try. Tell me what you think. Um, I'm raising the salami stock. I think salami on pizza over pepperoni pepperonis like usc football it used to be good at one time it used to be you know something to uh write home about but 
I think Salami is kind of coming around the edge here, coming coming around the final turn. Um, I I don't know anybody that had any pizza place that has salami, I'm throwing it on my pie. I just am. Give it a shot. Um, this is something I wrote down. I used to, I used to fast forward. Like remember when you were in as a teenager or your college years, you'd always like look ahead, right? Plan. And I used to do that all the time. I would fast forward ten years for some reason. That was the number. Oh, in ten years, I'm gonna. I'm going to, you know, have a house. I'm going to be married, have a kid. I mean, you know, we, we always did the, in 10 years, I'm going to be working for the Rams. So we, we used to fast forward, at least I did. And thinking, man, that's so far away. Now you look back 10 years and you can't believe that was 10 years ago. I'm like, wait a minute. I used to fast forward 10 years into my future. Now, when I hit the rewind button, I can't believe how quick 10 years comes up. Like, 2011. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. I was in the minor leagues. I was in the Midwest league. That feel that feels like a couple of years ago, but no, it was 10 years ago. And you want to go even further. You go 20 years, 20 years ago, 2001. I was a junior in high school, at least in the fall. So I don't know. Maybe this just happens as you get older, but 10 years used to be like such a big number. And now to look back at like time goes so quick. I mean, 2021 is almost over. Where did this year go? It's been wild, man. It's just, I sound like the old man in the rocking chair. I know, but, but still it's like, I used to look at and like, like 10 years from me right now, I'll be 46. That's a scary thought. I'll be close to 50. Like, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> no, I still feel like, I don't know, 28, 27. High school feels like about 10 years ago and it's, and it's almost 20. So uh, it's just, I, I can't believe the way our mind works on the concept of time and, you know, looking forward, what do I want for myself in the next 10 years is kind of what I always have done. And I do have some goals and some expectations of things that I do want to have or see in 10 years. And I guess the moral of the story is that you can make those plans and look ahead, but you better start attacking them because 10 years flies by now as, as, uh, as I've grown older, I can't believe all the experiences and things that I've gone through in these past 10 years. I'm looking forward to the next 10 years. So I don't know, food for thought. If you guys don't think that way, then, uh, it's all good. Uh, I wrote that down. Oh man. Okay. I'll get into that after. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just, uh, I wrote a few things down here that, uh, I've thought about talking about, uh, Christmas is upcoming. Is it too, when is it too early to say happy Thanksgiving? Can you say it the week of, I think the week of is good. Uh, Christmas, you can kind of say it all, all month long, but if you said like happy Thanksgiving, like November 10th, isn't that kind of weird? That's to me is why like Christmas again is a season. It's not just a day or a couple of nights. It is a season. And uh, you know, Halloween is why it works too. It's kind of like a Halloween season. You, you see stuff. Um, for the entire month, Thanksgiving is just kind of like this week, this day or this weekend, as I talk about. So if you, I was, I was going to say, Hey, is it the greeting to someone the other, is it too, is it too early to say happy Thanksgiving? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. And it's definitely never too early to say Merry Christmas. I'm not saying September 3rd or something, but I think, uh, you know, as soon as we carve that Turkey on Thanksgiving, it is a uh, Christmas season, if you know what I mean. So, um, I'm not going to talk about the, that. I won't see. Okay. Two more subjects here. Um, well, two, two and a half. Um, okay. I have never, 
how do I, how do I say this? Uh, I have never been someone that like dated a lot of people before. I know this is, we've gone from uh, USC football to uh, salami on pet pizza to uh, grocery store etiquette to now uh, dating, but hear me out here. Um, I was never someone who like went on a lot of dates, meaning date a lot of different people at once. I usually went out with someone, maybe if it was a good date, maybe a couple more dates or whatever. But like, um, I was never a guy, some guys, some girls do this. They, they date multiple people kind of at the same time, not like the same day or something, but like, you know, they'll go out with someone on a Tuesday night or go out with someone on a Friday. Like it's, it's not like a bad thing. I mean, it's your, now, now being in multiple relationships, that's an issue, right? But when you're kind of just starting out, just, just uh, you're single and you're not with anybody and you're kind of, I don't know, playing the field, how to, how, how to say it uh, properly, but dating multiple people. I never did much of that. I should say maybe any of that. Um, I don't know how you juggled all that. I, I, I did, I've gone out, like for an example, I go out on a date on a Saturday night and maybe the next week, uh, it didn't go so well. So maybe I, there was someone else, uh, I, a few weeks later went out again, but like never like schedule. I don't know how some people balance all that. Uh, that seems too, too difficult for me, but why I bring this up is because I've been watching multiple shows. Me and Val are into these, uh, three really good shows that just happen to be out at like the same time. Uh, and those three shows are Yellowstone, uh, the new Dexter and Narcos Mexico, the third season. And I think we watched, cause they're actually going right now, like week by week. And that's a weird way to watch show. That's how we always used to do it, but it's really weird to me now. So we're watching Yellowstone. I used to just save them all up and then binge watch them. Um, Narcos is out, you know, the whole season is released. So you can watch the whole season there, which is kind of what we started to do, but Yellowstone and Dexter are out once a week, Sunday nights, even. So we're kind of like back to back even. And I was sitting there thinking about, you know, these shows and juggling the three. I was like, man, this watching multiple shows. It feels a lot like, like dating multiple people. And I start to feel, you almost start to feel guilty because you start to like one show better than the other, because you're watching it at the same, you're doing it at the same time. If you, if you dated or you don't dated, uh, saw them, uh, the shows separate at separate times, like, okay, for a few weeks, I'm going to watch this show, binge it, be done with it. Okay. Now we're on to this show. But the, the concept of like watching them at the same time, I don't know. It got me thinking about the whole dating life and how some people date multiple people. And uh, maybe you start to want to watch one more than the other. And you kind of, okay, distance yourself from the, the uh, other show, the other person. I don't know if you guys like that analogy or not, but uh, I'm a, I'm typically a, well, I am a one, one woman man, but I'm a one uh, show guy. Typically, even when people are like, oh, watch this show, watch it. And what, it, what do you usually say? Most of us, when we get a show suggestion, we're like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm, I got a show I'm working on right now, but when I'm done with that, then I'll move on. Maybe that's a bad analogy for, for like dating, but typically we are that way in life. Hey, I'm dating this person right now. Uh, sorry, or I'm seeing someone, right. Is what we're, that's what happened with Val actually, when I asked her out the first time, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm seeing someone. And then it, it hit me months later, wait, she didn't say no. And then the dude messed up, whatever, let her, you know, let, let that catch go. And so I, I swooped in and said, Hey, again, would you like to go out when I found out she was uh, single? So that's how life goes. One show at a time. Usually definitely one lady at a time or 
or the ladies out there, one, one fella at a time, whatever. Um, yeah, I probably have lost most of my audience here already, but uh, watching multiple shows, it feels an awful lot like dating, dating multiple people. There's uh, you start to like one more than the other, and it's hard to do just one at a time. Anyway, I plus the three shows. Well, let's see two of them. Actually, all three of them are, are pretty violent. So they all have that in common. Um, very different backgrounds and storylines. So maybe that's why I said that because they're all kind of violent. What is that? The new coffee makers making noise. Maybe that means it turns off which means I need a refill. Interesting. But anyway, dating people, TV shows. I think you know what I mean. Maybe you don't. And I'm just a lunatic. That's possible. I write these things down and I try to say, how am I going to say this when I jump on the, uh, jump on the old microphone here? Okay. I want to get back to some football. So finally, I want to uh, talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict. Look at, I know it angered a lot of people. I know a lot of people were also very happy, satisfied with the, the turnout of the case. Um, you guys probably know where I stand on, uh, on the, uh, the verdict and the acquittal, but what I want to say about it is that it's amazing to me how many people, first of all, people see what they want to see, right? And the concept of facts versus opinions and manipulation and propaganda. And I am not six foot four. I wish I was, I would like to be six foot four. I can't pretend that I am six foot four. No matter how bad I may want to be six four, I'm not. And it just baffles me when people don't know facts of a case, for instance. Uh, they're told lies and they believe them. I mean, if you're told a lie, you don't always know it's a lie right away, right? That's whole, the whole purpose of lying, I guess, is to mislead you. So say you're told a lie. That's, and you find out later, oh man, that was, a, that was a lie or that was misinformation. And then you find out, you're like, okay, well, they made a mistake. Then you find it happens again and then again and again. How many lies do you need to be told before you start to realize, oh, they're doing this on purpose? The news media has definitely had an agenda with this case and a lot of other things. And I don't know why some people can't see that. I, I, there's people out there, uh, protesters and everything who, who still believe, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse just walked out there and started shooting people. That's not true. Uh, the whole, oh, he took a gun across state lines. Well, that's also not true. Uh, I mean, there's a laundry list of things that the media reported incorrectly. And it's not just false reporting. It, it's outright lying. That's what bothers me about this entire case is that there are people who cannot understand, can't comprehend facts. They want to be six foot four and they think they are. I think this mainly this entire movement agenda, whatever, it's, it's a big time attack on the second amendment. Most people in the media, you call it the left, whatever you want, is that they don't want people to defend themselves. They find the uh, people who have firearms, they find them to be uh, sickening and disgusting and uh, terrorists. And it baffles me because these same people wanted to def defund the police. We heard that for an entire year. And then, of course, 
We never said that. Yes, you did. <laughs> so defund the police. Okay, what do you do? So which one is it? Are you defunding the police and letting people police themselves, I guess? I'm not in favor of that. I don't think vigilant, you know, we need to go out in the streets and necessarily uh, be vigilantes. But if someone is burning down my neighborhood, uh, I'm going to probably go out and do something about it. I don't know if you guys care about your neighborhoods. Uh, if some, I am not a fighter by any means, but if someone attacks me, I'm not going to sit there and just be like, okay, keep hitting me. I'm going to probably do something about it. Just a thought. I, I, I would love all these people. I mean, all these people saying he shouldn't have had a gun. He shouldn't have been there. Uh, okay. Th those are arguments I could, I could hear. But also, he didn't break any laws. You know, it was well, he's 17. And, yep, yep, that, that's legal. Like, people want these, like, laws to exist. And it's like, well, they, everything you're saying you think is true is not true. Um, I know I'm giving a long-winded response here, but I think everyone who, who kind of was like, he's a murderer, how could he do that? Uh, he, he killed two guys in cold blood. It's like, Man, you would be the, you just told basically anybody, uh, any, anybody bad out there that you're not going to ever defend yourself. So go ahead and beat you up and take, take your money. And uh, I hope that doesn't happen to you. I don't. Uh, Cause uh, that's awful. And we can't have lawlessness in this country, but this entire thing was about self-defense, defending property, defending people who were who were under attack, literally, who were having their businesses and their property damaged. The police stood down. Uh, people didn't want police involved, right? Okay, okay, back off. Let the police, don't let the police do anything. But it also, it concerns me when I see, again, this is news media, the manipulation. Remember when there were uh, protesters, uh, well, the, su the summer of 2020, protesters everywhere. And anytime you saw like, citizens standing in front of their homes with guns not drawn on people but just over their shoulder just standing there like hey we're here those people were treated way worse in the media than the actual people burning down buildings and stealing things those are those are protests those are those are heroes look at these terrorists standing here with guns how evil they are i think Offense, people love offense, right? In football now these days. I've always been a defensive guy myself. But I think most offensive violence, offensive taking the initiative and, and being the first one to make a move, I would say that's wrong in most cases. Like I'm trying to think of there, if there would be a reason. But, but I think the moment you go to defense, self-defense, um, defending somebody else. I, I think there's people out there who don't want us to defend ourselves, who don't want cops to defend other people, who don't want neighbors to defend each other. Some people want anarchy. They want chaos. You know, Kyle Rittenhouse didn't hit, hit one person that didn't attack him. Isn't that kind of weird? Great marksmanship, I think. You know, all the all the people that were out in the street that night, he didn't hit anyone that didn't attack him. 
this irresponsible, this active shooter, as they called him, first active shooter in the history of uh, of mass shootings to to shoot someone, shoot only people who attacked him. But the the the, the war with words and and propaganda that the media uses is just it baffles me. I sit there and I shake my head and there are people who sit there and listen to every word they say and, and take it as truth. In fact, we have people out on the streets protesting, not even knowing that the, the three dudes he shot, two he killed, were all white dudes. They also don't know the evil track record these guys had. Now, whether they were good guys or bad guys, in that moment, they were bad guys. So I'm not saying their previous sins necessarily matter as far as the case goes, but I'm sorry. I have no sympathy for those guys who died. None, especially based on their uh, previous, again, crimes and it's sickening crimes. If you feel sorry for those guys, maybe you're part of the problem. I don't even want to say what those guys did. That that especially one of them, the true evil they committed that was not associated with this case. But still, if you're gonna, if I heard I've seen heard, oh, they were heroes, they they were died as heroes, really. Why don't you do a little research onto your heroes? I know my opinion may not be popular and some of you may never listen to me again. And Matt, we followed you because you watch real, you know, the real Hondo stuff and, and uh, you have some great guests again, the, the Wednesday, the Wednesday, the Tuesday shows. Now they're not for everyone. I get it, but I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you what I think. Again, they're just my opinions. Uh, I try to give opinions closely using facts based off of facts, but there is a difference again between fact and opinion, never forget that. Everyone's entitled to an opinion, even a bad opinion. But when you ignore facts, that's where I, I'm just like, what, what are you talking about? Facts over feelings. I think some people truly, they feel like they're six foot four and they wanna be six foot four and that they're six foot four. Where the fact is you're not six foot four. So wanting something to be true, by the way, does not make it true. And I think there's going to be some big lawsuits here from Kyle Rittenhouse against some, uh, some media members. Um, there's an argument to be made. Should he have been there? Well, should the rioters have been there? Let's look at the genesis of all this, how everything started. And just the outright lies you hear people say. <laughs> if you tell a lie enough some people believe it starts to be true and uh you don't have to be happy about the verdict like oh he killed two people and really injured a third i'm sorry i called them people those those dudes weren't people they're they were monsters and if you disagree with that why don't you look up their prior crimes and I could say, oh, it has nothing to do with 
or you could say it has nothing to do with why he shot them. Okay, fine. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over the fact that those dudes are in the ground. Sorry, not going to. Um protect yourself at all times. I think I hear boxing uh referees say that before fights. And um I think there's a lot of truth to that. You always got to protect yourself. You may or may not have someone show up to help you, to be there for you. I, I pray to God that we all have someone and, and someone there who's going to defend us. But sometimes, unfortunately, we might have to defend ourselves and defend other people even. It's, it's sad, man. It's sad the reactions I've seen uh, the past few days. And I know there's disagreement. There's been nothing but disagreement. Um, but do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think that maybe rioters will be a little more hesitant to, I don't know, to cause damage, to burn cities to the ground, knowing that there's people out there who would defend themselves? Remember the LA riots? And I think it was the... I don't want to miss, I think it was uh, Koreatown. And uh, I think it was the Koreans, but I, I could be mistaken. It was, it was some of the Asian community. Uh, they defended themselves on rooftops with guns, protecting their uh, property. I think there was even it shots. Five, I mean, it was a violent time. Were they, were they animals? Were, were they uh, Asian supremacists? Because they wanted to defend their property from people that were trying to destroy it. And that's another thing. I see all these protests everywhere. Are, are we this bored? Like, how many how many sick days can you use for protests? Like, is that a special box when you call into work? Hey, I can't come in today. I'm protesting. Like, I could say some things I shouldn't <laughs> say. Someone already will probably be mad at what I'm saying right now. Oh, how you're so heartless, Matt. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Um, but good grief. I'm all for causes. First Amendment, hey, the, the, the Second Amendment's there. First Amendment's there. It's all important. You know, protest, fine, go ahead. But it's like, okay, at some point, we all got to put food on the table, right? Like, we got to get working and get busy. We still got, what, 10 million open jobs out there still? And like, everywhere, everywhere I go, I, I'm seeing signs, you know, fast food joints. At, at I, I work by a lot of like warehouses. Trabajo, Trabajos, I think, is it means jobs or work, or I guess. And you're seeing, you know, 20 plus dollars an hour, like just advertising like crazy. We got to get back to work as, as a country, man. I just, I, there's a lot of things I want to do. I have to manage every like second of my week. Basically. I don't have time to like do a lot of things I want to do. And so I don't know where people find time to just, I don't know, take off work and go protest for two weeks or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but uh, I don't get time to, to do that. Uh, I got barely got time for the podcast for, um, for my job, for other jobs and things. I'm not complaining. I love it. I love being busy, especially this time of year. So anyway, that's enough out of me today, guys. I appreciate you uh, tuning in. If you stuck around this long, God bless you. Um, remember, they're just opinions. I don't hate any, well, I hate some people, but I don't hate uh, most of you guys. Most of you guys, that's a joke relax. We're still allowed to use four letter words here in America. J O K E. They're just jokes. Um, but yeah, what is the, this, what did Bill Barnes used to say? I don't, you know, 
I hate people. I just hate people, <laughs> not any group of people, just people. There's some truth to that. But anyway, uh, thanks for joining me today, guys. Uh, always fun jumping on the podcast, doing a, an episode here. Um, thanks for bearing with me. I know it was uh, just me and some very, very random topics, some serious ones as well. And, uh, you know, USC football, I didn't even talk about the NFL, saw some great games this morning. I'm going to jump uh, back on the couch here and watch some NFL action. We got the Chiefs and Cowboys. Uh, you guys will know how that turns out by the time you hear this. But uh, anyway, enough for me. Hey, back on Friday, I have a great guest for you guys. Mr. Jim Hanna will be on the program. He is a proud uh, father of three boys who played Real Hondo Prep football, a couple of CIF championships in there amongst them. He played himself in the 1977 CIF championship game against Montclair Prep, the triple overtime thriller. We've talked to a few guys from that team. Uh, on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation with Jim Hanna. Uh, well, I actually already had the conversation, but you guys will hear it. So a great way to have uh, have a great Thanksgiving weekend by, with Jim Hanna on uh, it's, it's a shame. Rio's not in a championship game this weekend because um, it is that time of year where it's championship Friday, you know, after Thanksgiving and, Oh man, I, I miss it. I wish, I miss working the games. I miss watching games. Uh, maybe another time, another year, we'll get to that. But Jim Han on the program on Friday. You don't want to miss that. A fun football-filled conversation with uh, Mr. Jim Hanna. So join us on Friday. And again, just Tuesdays and Fridays now on the podcast. Going to try to get out more shows like this one um, out in advance, record on Sunday or Monday, and uh, get them out for you guys so that um, you can start your week. Well, it's not starting the week. Tuesday, I guess. Sorry, I'm tongue twisting right now. Uh, but anyway, guys, have a great Thanksgiving. Can't wait. Um, it's coming quick. Uh, overeat, overindulge. It's it's uh, it's that time of year to just uh, get after it food-wise. And I hope everything tastes delicious. And I hope you have a great time being around those you love. We have a lot to be thankful for in this country. Every single year, every single day, we need to embrace that. Um, I know I do. And I'm just so appreciative of the listeners uh, both of you, no, I'm kidding. Uh, all the people that tune into the show, uh, and give me feedback. I really appreciate it. And it's a fun thing for me to do, to jump on here and to uh, vent and just ramble away sometimes. So I'm thankful for the podcast. It's a lot of work, but, um, I wouldn't have it any other way guys. Enjoy the Turkey, the mashed potatoes, the corn on the cob, the pie, uh, whatever else, uh, comes your way on Thursday. Enjoy the leftovers and enjoy those leftovers on Friday with a conversation with Mr. Jim Hanna on the Get Home Safe podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We will talk to you on Friday.